bringing you the latest in tax credit news. This is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today's Tuesday, January 21st, 2020. In today's podcast, I'm going to highlight some draft updates to Opportunity Zones tax forms and instructions. I'll also share news about a new market tax credit bill that would direct more investment in the Native communities. After that, I'll share the latest Qualified Equity Investment Report from the City of I Fund. And then I'll close out with a roundup of news, including several state legislation updates. If you're ready, let's get started. Starting with Opportunity Zones forms, the IRS this month released updated draft instructions for forms 8996 and 8997. Now, Forms 8996 and 8997 are both important tax forms for the Opportunity Zones incentive. Form 8997 is used by investors in qualified opportunity funds. And Form 8996, well, that's used by a corporation or partnership to self-certify that they are a qualified opportunity fund. Form 8996 is also used by qualified opportunity fund to annually report that they met the 90% investment standard during the tax year. The Opportunity Zones Working Group previously commented on the draft form 8996 and what was needed in terms of IRS guidance for completing the form. I'm happy to report that many of those suggestions were incorporated in the draft instructions. For example, the draft instructions do include guidance on how a qualified opportunity fund may exclude from the 90% investment test any equity contributions received within six months of the testing date. That is, provided certain requirements are met with respect to that cash received. Now, the working group also requested guidance on part six of the form. That's where a qualified opportunity fund reports the value of its qualified opportunity zone stock or partnership investments. Specifically, we requested and we received guidance as to how to apportion both the value of the qualified opportunity fund's investments and the value of the investees, the businesses, tangible property by qualified opportunity zone track. Now, another highlight or note, by self-certifying, the taxpayer, the corporation partnership, is attesting that any stock or partnership interests that are used to satisfy the 90% investment standard are in an entity that satisfies the Qualified Opportunity Zone business rules. While the draft instructions do provide a considerable amount of guidance, there are questions that remain. For example, it's unclear whether cash held by Qualified Opportunity Zone business being held as reasonable working capital, whether or not that cash is treated as qualified opportunities on business property before it is expended for tangible property. Now, the preamble to the regulations and one portion of the regulations suggests the answer is yes. However, a direct reading of the applicable regulation suggests no. One of several areas we are going to need additional guidance from the IRS. So these are some of the highlights of the draft instructions for Form 8996, as I noted, used by the Qualified Opportunity Fund itself. Now, the 8996 form is still draft, so it has not been finalized or updated since an earlier draft was released this past October. Now, let's turn back to Form 8997. The IRS released a draft of this form and its instructions. Form 8997 is required to be filed by taxpayers that invest in opportunity funds and it's used to report all qualified opportunity fund investments and dispositions. Now, I will say there was no changes to the draft form, and the draft instructions only changed slightly, and the change was to be expected. And that is that it now includes instructions 
for parent and subsidiary corporations that are a member of a consolidated group. These instructions were changed to comply with the changes from the proposed regulations that were included in the final regulations. As I said, we're talking about draft forms and instructions for the 8996-897. We'll continue to monitor any future releases for additional guidance and when they go final. Now, in the meantime, I invite you to join the Opportunity Zones Working Group. It's a great way to stay in the loop on Opportunity Zones regulations and guidance. If you're interested, contact my partner, John Shreddy, for information on how to join the group. Now, turning now to legislative news, a bipartisan group of four senators introduced a bill this month to reserve or set aside 10% of the annual new market statute allocation for investment in Indian and native lands. The bill would also establish a technical assistance pilot program to help Indian community development entities apply for new market statute allocations. The bill is number 3181 and its initialism, I should say acronym, is Inspiring Nationally Vibrant Economy Sustaining Tribes Act of 2020, or the initialism Invest Act. Now, sponsors of the bill, Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Republican Senator Dan Sullivan of Alaska as well. We also have Democratic Senator Brian Schatz of Hawaii, along with Democratic S Senator Mazi Hirono of Hawaii as well. And speaking of the New Markets Tax Credit, the Community Development Financial Institutions Fund this month released an updated report on Qualified Equity Investments, or QEIs, made through the New Markets Tax Credit. As of the January 8 report date, more than $54 billion of equity has been reported finalized over the past 15 rounds of the New Markets Tax Credit. The amount remaining to be finalized is about $3.4 billion. However, much of that $3.4 billion is likely already soft-circled and committed. Which brings me to a timely reminder for listeners. For prior allocatees of the new market tax credit that have applied in this most recent allocation round, the deadline to meet QA issuance and qualified low-income community investment requirements, or QUICIs, is one week from this Friday. The deadline is Friday, January 31st. That is, if you applied for an allocation under the 2019 calendar year round, you're required by January 31st to demonstrate that you issued the requisite minimum amount of QEIs and closed a minimum amount of QLICIs. And make sure to finalize those issued QEIs in the CDFI Funds Award Management Information System, or AMIS. Make sure you record it timely. Now, if you need assistance, please contact a Novogratz partner near you. I will include a link to our New Markets Tax Credit Services page in today's show notes. And that page does include a list of all Novogratic partners who specialize in new market tax credits. You can also meet many of our new market tax credit specialists at our upcoming Novogratic 2020 New Markets Tax Credit Conference. The conference is in San Diego, January 30th and 31st. That, once again, is next Thursday and Friday. And we do have pre-conference workshops on Wednesday. You won't want to miss it. The registration link is in today's show notes, and I'll tweet it out as well. Turning to other news, Representative Denny Heck of Washington, along with three co-sponsors, has introduced legislation, introduced it last week, to increase funding for the National Housing Trust Fund. The bill, it would redirect a portion of the guarantee fee levied by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to benefit the National Housing Trust Fund. Currently, the guarantee fee is being used as an offset to pay for other priorities. If enacted, 
the Fulfilling the Promise of the Housing Trust Fund Act would make the change effective August 1st, 2021. And in Opportunity Zones news, the U.S. Economic Development Administration, U.S. EDA, last week, they announced a web-based mapping tool with Opportunity Zones data. The tool provides economic and demographic information on each zone. That includes population in each track, their employment rate, and the average income per capita. All of this is useful information when deciding where to invest Opportunity Fund investment dollars. A link to the tool is in today's show notes, and I'll tweet it out as well. Next, I have a lot of state-level updates and new legislation. The legislation addresses Opportunity Zones, Historic Tax Credits, Long Housing Tax Credits, and Renewable Energy Tax Credits. I won't go into too much detail with each of these, but you can learn more about these proposals in today's show notes. First up, Opportunity Zones. Well, legislation in Oregon, it would remove the state from conformity with the Federal Internal Revenue Code regarding Opportunity Zones. And the legislation change would be effective for taxes beginning on or after January 1, 2020. Now, in Maryland, a bill would remove that state from conformity with the Internal Revenue Code as well. And another Maryland bill concerned state programs and how they relate to the Federal Opportunity Zone Incentive. And then in Florida, legislation would create a series of tax credits for Opportunity Zones developments. And in New Jersey, a bill would designate the State Department of Community Affairs to work with qualified Opportunity Zone businesses as a point of contact for other state assistance. Now, let's move on to housing. Several states last week introduced legislation, or I should say legislators in those states introduced legislation, to create or modify state-level low-income housing tax credits. In Indiana, a bill would create a 4% state low-income housing tax credit. In Oklahoma, a bill introduced would increase the annual state low-income housing tax credit cap to $5 million. Now, conversely, in Missouri, a bill was introduced that would reduce the state cap to the lesser of 72.5% of the federal allocation or $123 million. And in Hawaii, an introduced bill would clarify that certain internal revenue code provisions do not apply to the state law housing tax credit. Provisions that would not apply include deductions, at-risk rules, and passive activity loss rules. Similarly, several states have legislation to modify or expand historic tax credits. A bill in New Jersey would create a state historic tax credit. That's good news. Virginia and Illinois both saw bills introduced to increase their state historic tax credit caps. The Virginia bill would increase its transaction cap, and the Illinois bill would increase the statewide cap. And in New York, legislation would make state historic tax credits transferable. And then in Missouri, there there's a proposal to change several provisions of the state historic tax credit. These provisions, or those provisions, I should say, include the eligibility of properties in qualified census tracts and an increase in the amount of time from when you receive an allocation until you need to start rehabilitation. The Missouri bill would also allow nonprofits to receive historic tax credits and would require a $5 million allocation for historic county courthouses. And lastly, I have some updates for state renewable energy tax credits. Bills were introduced to create a state investment tax credit in Virginia and extend the production tax credit in Arizona. Now, links to all of this state legislation are included in today's show notes. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. Just a reminder, though, before I close, 
If you missed our Novogratz webinar last week on Opportunity Zones Final Regulations, you can access an on-demand recording of the webinar online. During the webinar, we covered issues relating to investors, opportunity funds, opportunity zone businesses, and opportunity zone business property, and more. I'll include a link to the recording in today's show notes, and I'll tweet it out as well. Also, I want to thank my co-presenters on the webinar. My partner, John Shreddy, he leads our Opportunity Zones Working Group, Megan Christensen of Manette, and Christian DeKayap of Holland and Knight, both great attorneys with a lot of Opportunity Zones experience. That's it for now. I'm Michael Nevergradic. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratic and Company, LLP. Archived podcasts are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. You can find related links referenced in this podcast in our show notes at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast. Novogratik & Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.